Hello, everybody. Welcome to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host. I am honored by your wise decision to join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. We have entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have the marketing and business coaches. We have the folks who help others build and create their businesses. And on the other side of that coin, we have the do-it-yourselfers, those of you who love to have your own hands on the levers as you market and grow your business. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. And check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated. Helps us help more business creators just like you. And fresh content is added every single week. We now have over 130 episodes in the iTunes queue for Business Creators Radio Show. Now today, we are going to dive into one of my favorite topics. Now, we hear all this stuff about how to be successful as an entrepreneur, which means you got to be driven, you got to be super focused, you got to hustle, you got to be on your grind. But what about those of us that really don't want to just hustle and grind all the time? How about those of us who want to have a full life? Or maybe some of us who just don't want to work that hard. You know, it is possible to be very successful without working extremely hard and just doing more and more and more and more and more and being busier, 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 because supposedly that's going to, just by exponents, deliver you a return on investment. There is a distinction between working hard, which means you work hard, working smart versus working right. That's a very three-point distinction. And I think many of you have heard that before. And we're going to cover today how to simplify your marketing by creating more leads and income by doing less. And to help us with that, we have Mary Kravitz, who is a highly sought-after presenter who makes everyone feel like she is speaking directly to them with her engaging, down-to-earth style, which I'm certainly looking forward to. And Mary delivers practical topics to provide participants with simple, actionable ideas. I love this plus the clarity and motivation to put them into action right away. Mary is a business growth strategist and speaker who works with ambitious entrepreneurs who are too busy to grow and helps them double their incomes and get their lives back. Her entrepreneurial journey includes successful careers in real estate, business-to-business networking events, and now business coaching. Recently, a health crisis, and I'm just going to preview this and Mary may tell us more, a health crisis forced Mary to completely start over and revamp her business. And from the system she created to weather the storm, she tripled her income while cutting her work hours in half. I don't know if you guys can hear me pulling out my own notepad and getting my own pen ready to take notes here. She teaches audiences and clients the same system she credits for her current success, and I certainly am looking forward to hearing about that, as are our listeners. Mary, welcome aboard. Adam, thanks so much for having me on today. I appreciate it. All right, so I've touched on some of the points of who you are and a little bit about your background, but I would like to delve a little bit deeper for those of our listeners who haven't had a chance to get to know you yet, and tell us about how you arrived at the intersection of your brilliance and your passion has brought you where you are today, and what has driven you to be so passionate about creating more leads and income by doing less? 
Well, I'm I'm laughing right now because I just imagined that at the intersection of my passion and drive, this big horse accident. Basically. Oh boy! So thanks for providing me with that uh, that image I'd never thought of before. But basically, um, all of my life, I've always been very interested in inefficiency and effectiveness, and um, Somewhere along the way, I got involved with having my own business in real estate. I got some coaching, and it was fascinating to me. Entrepreneurship just, I had no idea this was, uh, living this way was possible, driving my own business, my own income. And I'm a very, uh, along with being very, wanting to be very effective, I also, um, I'm very driven. I just want more. And so after many years of, trying to discover what kind of entrepreneur I am, what it is exactly that I wanted. I settled upon business coaching and was still trying to find my feet. So how do I do this? And so I was running in every direction. I was trying every marketing strategy out there. Uh, Anything that came through my inbox, I was like, ooh, let's try that. Ooh, let's try that. Every tactic that came down the pike, because you know how um, the – marketers are. I mean, when we learn marketing, we tell everybody that what we're selling is the best thing since sliced bread, and I believed everyone. So what happened after a couple of years of really driving myself crazy is I, I completely burned out. That was my, inter- my accident at the intersection, basically. Um, I didn't make a decision, a clear decision about how to operate my business and my life, and so life made a decision for me. I got adrenal fatigue, total burnout, Yep. And even though I didn't have a wildly successful business at that point, I did have some clients, I did have a following, and I didn't want to lose it. So I had to figure out, you know, how do I maintain this and grow this when I have approximately four hours of energy to devote to it per week? And that was a crisis that really led me to develop some of what I'm going to share with you today and the foundation for how I run my own business and how I help my clients you know, these ambitious, driven people who want significant growth without giving up their life to do it. This is what I teach them. Well, I, and, I, and I love this, too, because that's an issue that a lot of entrepreneurs face. Uh, we've had other guests on the Business Creators Radio Show who have shared with us about adrenal fatigue specifically and other topics on how to increase your entrepreneurial energy. But there are a couple things that come into play. Our health can get in the way at any given time. Something, mm-hmm. some external factor could get in the way at any given time. It suddenly starts taking us away from having the time and energy to devote to our business. And we may get to a point where we decide, you know what, uh, all this hard work, is this what I'm going to regret on my deathbed? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think the answer to yeah. that, in most cases, is no. I'm sure somewhere out there, some entrepreneur on his deathbed or her deathbed said, you know, I really wish I'd spent a little more time uh, – Chasing, you know, trying that thing that, that, uh, that I was told to do at that seminar. I wish I had just opened that one last email and bought that one last information product. <laughs> and uh, yep. I'm sure somebody out there has done it just to be contrarian. And, uh, but on the other hand, I think that they probably said it to be a wise-ass. So I uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Right. All right. Something we ask here in the Business Creators Radio Show, and everybody hears the drumbeat in the background. Here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. 
a lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement anything that they need to do, except for time and money. This is a question we ask every expert who appears on our show, and what I like is not only the variety of different answers, but also the variety of different ways the question is interpreted. So how does time and money impact what you're going to share with us today, Mary? Wow, how does time and money impact what I'm going to share? Yeah. Wow, okay. (laughs) (laughs) My my brain is giving about 72 different answers, so I'm trying to get it to settle down into something that is... Oh, okay. I was going to say, we've gotten a lot of different answers to this and a lot of different interpretations of the question, but it's never left anybody speechless before. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well... I think that uh, with what I'm going to present today, I mean, time, I think the most important thing about time with what I'm going to present today is it's really coming to value it and not give it away cheaply um, in both how you sell your services, but also in how you invest in your business. I'm going to be talking about simplifying marketing. So it's all about leveraging your time is about not settling for engaging in marketing to grow your business that is underperforming or that is aggravating or that is slightly in the wrong direction. You have to be so particular with how you invest your time. It's got to feel like an investment and and not a waste, not like you're spending your time or wasting your time. It has to be an investment. And that's what I'm going to share today. And with regards to money, It's being, again, it's being smart with how you invested in marketing. Most of, what, most of what I'm going to talk about today, most of what listeners are going to discover by going through what I'm going to teach today, they're going to find that marketing, their most uh, effective marketing strategies probably are not the ones that are going to cost a lot of money. That's generally the case when I, when I go through this evaluation process with people. And so it's often... We think that throwing money at things is the solution. And that isn't usually what I discover is the fastest path to success. I believe in smart investments. I believe if you have have the opportunity to invest in something that is clearly in alignment and will produce the results you want, then by all means invest it. But if there's a way to, if there's a, a method or a strategy to leverage first, do that. Right. I think that's some pretty smart advice. And yeah, there are, uh, there is a tendency sometimes to see people throw money at a problem, which is unfortunate, especially when money is not always the answer. Uh, as we, grow as business creators, one of the early things we see is that move from solopreneur to leverage business owner. But what unfortunately that usually translates into is, okay, so I got to hire a virtual assistant. I need a web designer. I need a social media person. You hire all these people, but you don't have a clue what to do with them. Yeah. And I, and I, and I, and I've seen this happen way too many times. And I myself once, uh, uh, overcommitted in a relationship. <laughs> That's funny. So, <laughs> but, but I mean, but, I, but what happened was, is this was actually not anybody's fault, and it wasn't my fault either, and it wasn't her fault. It was a matter that I thought I was taking my business in a particular direction, and then decided a couple weeks later that really wasn't for me. And the reason was is because all I saw was a future where I would have to work more and more mm-hmm. and more, and I couldn't even see how the increased returns could make it worth it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And this is one of those reasons why, uh, and this is off of my to the topic we're going to talk about today, but it, it dovetails so clearly is you have to understand what it is you're working for. You know, what is the vision? What is the life you want to create? Um, right now, I'm in a expansion mode in my business. I am working a lot, but the vision is clear. I need to be off the road. I'm traveling a lot. I'm speaking a lot. But my vision is very clear that I need to be off the road. So more work needs to be done right now. And so if I were right. on my deathbed, I'd go, yeah, I made the right choices because I know where I'm going. I know this is a temporary spike in what my activity looks like so I can have the bigger vision. Yeah. I, in the past six months, I've been in situations where I had to make extremely ruthless decisions. Uh, I had mm-hmm. to pull out of certain commitments. I had to cancel my attendance at conferences. Uh, at one point, I had to cancel all of my podcast appearances and other people's podcasts for two months. It's not because I decided that I wanted to hide from the world. It's because I had a number of other competing priorities get in the way that I needed to address. And I also recognized that it was a necessary step to get me closer to what I was looking to achieve. And the sooner that I did it, the better off everybody would be. And that has proven itself to be correct. Uh, looking in, in retrospect, we're just now at the point where that's all really bearing fruit. I'm very glad I made the decisions I made. So I'm not going to go to my deathbed saying, boy, I wish I had gone to that conference in Orlando. Or, <laughs> man, I really regret that I had to cancel that Phoenix thing. And uh, I wasn't on such and such radio show until spring of 2016. Oh, man, I wish I could just live one day longer. I'm not going to think that at all. If I'm even thinking about that, I'm going to be thinking, why didn't I have more moments in my life when I got that clarity? I would have been further along. Yes. Yep. Clarity. Clarity is really the key, whether you're talking about your vision, where you want to go, whether you're talking about your marketing, your time management, all of that. Just being clear. And the vision is the values, your values and your vision. I think of those as the bookends to your business. It's like, who are you? What do you value most? What do you need? Like oxygen. To, to live your life? And then where do you want to be down the road? What does that look like? What are you doing? And for me, you know, my bookends are freedom, impact, and variety. Those are things I cannot live without. Right. And my vision is being able to have the time and location freedom and financial freedom to be there for my family as my parents are aging and my nieces and nephews are growing up. And with those two things in mind, decisions are fairly easy. It gets messy, of course. With those two pieces, if I just keep those in mind, decisions become much more, uh, much easier. You know, when, you know, when I was in MBA school, uh, uh, getting my, my graduate degree, and I was in a business class, and the professor asked, what is the most important thing that a business does? And I raised my hand, and I said, the most important thing a business does is to make money. Mm-hmm. And I actually – his reaction to that was almost to the point where I almost reported him to the dean of the college because I thought it was very insulting the way that he proceeded to openly make fun of me, saying, well, boy, yeah, you know, making money, that's like saying you live to breathe. Okay, well, what is a business without money? Uh, mm-hmm. What is a lifestyle if you can't afford it? How do you do well for others? How do you serve others from an empty cup? Yes. You don't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're yeah you're not going to be doing a whole lot of good for the world when you're checking your bank account a day to make sure there's money there. Yeah, absolutely. I I'm all, I have a lot of people come to me and I work with a lot of coaches, a lot of speakers, uh, people who want to serve. You know, one of my one of my values is impact. I have to know 
that what I'm doing is making a difference. I can't just be churning churning money. and I mean, the paychecks are great. Don't get me wrong, and I right. love that. Um, however, I need impact. But I work with a lot of people who they, they want to give back, and I'm like, give back when you're overflowing. You know, put the put the oxygen mask on yourself first. You know? Right. Feed yourself first, and then give. Um, it's almost like there it, there's very much a um, worthiness component to that. That you're only worthy if you are suffering or struggling. And um, I have a very d- different philosophy on pricing and p- how I charge for my services, and that it's all about generosity. I want to be, I want to charge so that I can be generous with my time so I don't go into resentment so that I can fully commit to my client's success. So I'm not nickel-diming. I need five more minutes. I need an extra session. I need some more resources. Right. And that also is being generous to myself in saying, you know, I am worth this. My knowledge is worth this. And, you know, the the outcome of that you know, not serving from an empty cup, rather being very generous, is that I make very good money. My clients are much more successful than they would be if they felt, you know, reluctant to contact me in between our scheduled times. And and everybody wins at a much higher level. Right. That's all that's all very true. And when you get to the point where you feel like you're basically doing slave labor, it's not worth it. Now I let myself <laughs> get in that situation plenty of times because oh, I yeah. Because I underbid contracts uh, or, or projects, it, it's happened. Or what happened was, is uh, I got a little too generous, or I allowed myself to be spun down a rabbit hole, or um, I was more flexible than I should have been in letting them uh, creatively interpret the agreement. So, you know, you know what I mean. Now the wake, now oh, the yeah. wake, now the wake up call for me was this one client from hell I had four years ago, and. Um, this is somebody who kept insisting that certain things were in the agreement that were not there. Like she had this crazy idea that she was going to get four long form sales letters written for her for two thousand dollars. It's like no, oh. it's like no, the two thousand dollars was merely to set up uh, a technology for a customer service process and and uh, do a, a naked install of a blank WordPress site so that your people could take it over, theme it, and blog it. That's really all it was. Uh, and uh, all these other things would kept coming up, and she would keep insisting there was more. No, there's not more. So it got to the point where I had and, – and, and, and it would really point down to, you know, I never really read the agreement, she would keep saying. Well, isn't it funny that I got to the point where I was able to look at the agreement. I said, okay, here's all the bullet points. I've checked off each one of these. We're done. And I said, congratulations, we're done. Well, wouldn't you know it that five minutes later she sent me a scanned copy of her uh, – a scanned PDF of her copy of the agreement, which had her notes all over it, which apparently uh, she had been looking at day in and day out because you could see the copy stains in the scan. Like this person with this person was blatantly outright taking advantage of me. And, and I was trying mm-hmm. to be the good guy, the generous guy, yep. and I was trying to – and I was trying to – shrug through this relationship because the person who referred her to me was somebody who uh, was a trusted resource of my own. And you know, you, know what I, you know what I got for all that? You know what I got for trying to be generous from an empty cup? Uh, dehydrated. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, when I, when I talk about being generous, it's about, it's not about giving 
so far outside of an agreement, but it's charging so that I can give a little further. Yeah. Um, it's it's making sure that I take everything into account and then kind of add a premium so that I don't get to that point where I feel dehydrated, as you say. And instead, you know, I can over-deliver without getting aggravated. Right. It's built in, it's built in because there's so many unforeseen things opportunities and, and and challenges that we couldn't possibly see when we signed the agreement, and I want to be available for those. Right. Well, well, there, well there's a further denouement to this, is uh, is her argument in sending that scanned copy of her of the agreement to me, where she was trying to argue that I'd basically done nothing, even though I'd done not only everything in that agreement, but about 40, mm-hmm. 40 other things that weren't listed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, yes. it's like uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to take up your hour on the business creators radio show on all this, but uh, I'll just, I'll just tell you how the, um, I'll just tell you how this ultimately ends. A year later, she tried to contact me asking questions about something. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it took me two days to get back to her because I just didn't want to really. And so Mm -hmm. she decided to criticize the amount of time it took me to respond to something. I said, look, I'm done with you. I'm really only responding to you as a common human courtesy, but if this is how you're going to be, then please don't contact me again. Now, you tell me. You tell me mm-hmm. how by underbidding, serving from an empty cup, and being generous to a point, and working harder, working harder, working harder in the end of a bigger goal, that anything really positive came out of this. And again, I'm looking at myself on this. Tell me how anything really mm-hmm. positive came out of that. So this was my learning experience that uh, drove me Absolutely. to having a passion for what you talk about, which is creating more leads and income by doing less. Now, our, <laughs> now our listeners are probably on businesscreatorsradioshow.com right now, and they're probably hearing, they're probably hearing everything that, they're, that we're talking about here today, and they're saying, well, you know what? I am on all these guru email lists. And you know, in the Business mm-hmm. Creators Institute, what I do with my titanium-level clients is I say, okay, so this guru – and let me throw out some names that people know of. Like, for instance, you know, these are names that uh, people I respect who I've invested in, and as a result of investing in their solutions, I've made a lot of money. Um, Jeff Walker of Product Launch Formula. Uh, Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. Ryan Dice of Digital Marketer, those types of people. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes, let's say you're getting emails from those types of folks, right? And they all, and all three of them may come out at the same time with a different way of approaching the same problem, right? They may have a different formula for how you do your webinar. They may have a different formula for how – in fact, I know for a fact that all three of those guys have slightly different formulas for how you build an email sequence, right? And they've all taught mm-hmm. on that subject. So let's say that you, you hear from one of them and you adopt their model and then you hear from the next one and then the next one. And now, wow, there's three different ways and they all say their way is the best. How do I know? <laughs> Boy, sometimes, and, and again, and again, I, and I gave, oh, is, and, and, yeah. and in this call, I just gave the names of three people who I've invested money in. And as a result of that, I've made a lot more money than I invested. So I'm speaking from a mm-hmm. position of respect here. And you may be as well, because you're saying, wow, these are, these are knowledgeable people, but how do I know what's best for me? So, Mary, how do we clarify yeah. the best marketing strategies for your business so you can stop wasting time on complicated schemes, ones that don't work? Well, first of all, I do also come from a place of respect for these, for many of these marketers. The names you rec- you you mentioned, I've also invested in. Right. I have definitely made money. And I think a lot of it is getting things, getting your marketing investments in the right sequence and really honoring the way 
that you work? What speaks to you? Because we can get so so focused on the best way to do that. I mean, the people I work with, very driven, often perfectionist tendencies. So if we take your example and we have those three marketers and each of them have this different way of approaching it, you can be just killing yourself doing nothing, just in nuts, because you're like, oh my gosh, which is the best way? Right. And so when you're faced with that, let's just take that example, and I'm going to go backwards and talk about the sequence of doing things. But if you're looking at all three, you've got to look at which of these feels most natural to me. Because you're going to do best where there is the least resistance. So, um, you know, uh, Ryan Dice, he's got his very personal um, modules. I, you know, he's got all the systems together if you want to go that direction. Jeff Walker also has a system together. He's got uh, a style that really appeals to um, certain lifestyles. I didn't know the other guys, but it's Really, you've got to have kind of this gut connection and feel like this is going to be the simplest path for you. If it feels harder, if it feels more complicated, if you don't feel like you're down the path at all with them, you're probably not going to do as well because there's going to be resistance. You're going to be nervous about getting started. I mean, you're going into a learning curve. And so the further along you are with it or the more confidence or ease you have going into it, the more comfortable and the easier it's going to be for you, obviously. So when you're making a choice like that, really check in with who you are. It can be so easy to try to supplant who you are and what you think is best with what experts think is best. And you really have to be clear to adopt strategies and not personalities or um, you know, this, this overall um, brand presence. You cannot become that of someone else's. Take on their strategies, but really stay rooted in who you are, your values, and your vision. Yeah. So that is, like, when you're faced with all of these things, that's a decision-making, some decision-making thoughts around it. The the bigger question, or the actually the more foundational um, thing to look at, is what sequence do you um, do you put your marketing efforts in? What is your priority? And that's really what like the core of my teachings center around. It's where do you put your efforts first? Time and money, where do you put it first? And so the first thing I want to instill, and I, my clients, they write this down, they put it in front of them on the wall to make sure they keep this in mind. You want to stop asking what else. Stop asking what else can I do. Only ask what works. Yeah. Stop asking what else. Start asking what works. We always want to start from the place of what is already working in your business. And you want to maximize that first. Let me make, sure I, let me, let me make sure I heard you correctly. Okay. Don't ask what else. Ask what works. Is that, is that what you said? Yes. Okay. What I'm... What a lot of people come to me with is, you know, I don't have enough business or I need more clients or I want to expand. And so what else can I be doing? And they're already maxed out. <laughs> they, already, they already are, you know, they, they want to expand, but they actually want to have a life. Their, their time is already maxed out. And they're asking me, what else can I do? And you're just like, oh my, mm-hmm. you're kidding, right? So what we the first step we do is we look at, um, I'm going to give you a quick exercise, actually, to do this because it's 
it's incredibly simple. It's exactly what I did when I was sick and had four hours of energy per week to devote to my business. Here's what I did. I wrote down every single marketing um, activity that I was doing. I just made this long brain dump list. And you want to think of it, if you have a piece of paper, make two columns. Okay. Right on the center of the page. On the left-hand column, brain dump all the marketing you're doing, all the market, and whether it's consistently or inconsistently, doesn't matter. Just dump it all out. You want to write down everything you're thinking about doing. You know, maybe it's from the, the emails you're getting or the ads you're seeing on Facebook. Everything that's running around in your head for client generation marketing activities. And then everything you think you should be doing. Just get it all out of your head because part of the overwhelm, part of being maxed out comes from this tornado of ideas that's in your head. And so getting out of the overwhelm, the first thing is get it down on paper, see the reality of what's, what's keeping your brain occupied with regards to marketing. It can, be, it can be paralyzing just having this mess in your head. So in the second column, what you want to do is write down the names of your top 10 to 20 clients, 10 to 20 clients, great clients, because what I'm going to show you is how to create more clients. And if you have crappy clients, people who, like, like your example, Adam, <laughs> that you, you do not want to duplicate, don't put them on the list. You want people right. who pay you well. You want the, the people who refer you, who respect you, who say great things about you. That's who you want to list, 10 to 20 great clients. And then what you're going to do, and this is going to take more time than just what we're, you know, the time we have today, sure. but you're going to track back, kind of like a matching game, <laughs> you're going to track the names of the clients back to the marketing strategy that brought them to your door. And you just right. track back each one to the one that brought, you to, brought them to your door. And 99 times out of 100, you're going to find that three to five strategies account for 80% or more of your client generation. Wow, that's and that and that is very revelational. You know, I did an exercise not exactly like this, uh, but similar to it a few months ago. Uh, mm -hmm. And what was actually very frightening for me, and I'm say, and I'm saying this in in a place of complete openness because I set the example for people on the Business Careers Radio Show being able to look at the reality and make the decision that today is the day they're going to move forward in a new direction, is I looked to fill out my marketing column and I really wasn't much there. So it's like, mm -hmm. no wonder I'm spinning my wheels 19 hours a day and and it seems like I never, never, never out of deadlines and, and racing uphill and struggling and checking the bank account every day. I ain't got nothing new coming in. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have a full plate with clients. In fact, I have a client plate that's so full, I can't make the time for marketing. Yeah. And, and, I, and I share this openly because I want those of our listeners who are in that same position, because I've had conversations with listeners who have told me that this is their dilemma, to know that this is part of the entrepreneurial condition and it's perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. And that's why you're listening to this episode today on how to – create more leads and income by doing less. So I appreciate your model there, and I think that's great. So what I would, I'd like to ask next, next is, why is it that doing less marketing will give you more results faster? Because I think you have halfway answered that with what you just said, mm -hmm. but if you could develop that a little bit further, what I heard you say was when you make the 
the list in your right-hand column of all the clients you love, all the great clients who pay well, who are great to work with, who uh, you have great relationships with that lead to success, and looking at where those clients came from, uh, what I'm gathering is you're going to find in the majority of cases they all came from the same place or from the same marketing activity. So is that yeah. where we're going with this, or is there more we need to know? Yes, that's exactly where we're going with this, is that in general, people will find that only a handful of marketing efforts bring the majority of their clients. And maximizing those will bring them will bring better results. If you think about it like um, – well, I can give an example. I was working with a um, a recruiter, a recruiting agency, and they said, Mary, we'd love to work with you. Um, 80% of our business comes from referrals, and so we want to work on the other 20% of our marketing. <laughs> just like, right. Okay, okay, that's crazy. But, well, first of all, I got a little more background, and the fact was they, were getting, they weren't getting referrals. They were getting just word of mouth. People were just coming to them. They weren't. There was no strategy behind it. There was no method to it. It just happened. And so what we did instead was we increased their business through leveraging what was working. It doesn't make sense. I mean, you double your efforts. You put some strategies behind what's working. That 80% becomes very powerful. If you concentrate on the 20%, then you can maybe inch forward. But if you just maximize what's already working, you can explode it. I heard a speaker say, one of my first coaches, he said, you know, if you work on your weaknesses, you're going to become mediocre. You work on your strengths and you can become outstanding, and that's what this is doing um, by focusing on what is working great in your business already. Now, you did mention um, – Okay, so one more thing, and then I'm going to go back to the mention of you don't have time to market because that's that's a bigger that's a bigger uh, topic too. Yeah. But um, so when you're thinking about marketing and doing less, there's this great image I have um, that I like to give people. So a lot of times, uh, marketing is treated like you know more is better, and what happens is you think about each of your marketing efforts like a um, like you see those vaudeville acts with the, the dowels, the guy spinning the plates, the china plates on dowels, right? Right. And so he's running around, and each of your marketing efforts is a plate on a dowel. And he's got like 10 or 15 of these on stage. And he's running around, running around, running around, keeping them, keeping them spinning, keeping them spinning. Now they're not connected to each other. They're all doing their own thing. It's very precarious. And you know the climax of the show is going to be that everything crashes to the ground, and he's left with just a mess. That's how people treat their marketing is they don't look at how to integrate the pieces. They don't look at how to take the things that are performing the best and really maximize them. The way that I like to think about it is you go through that exercise, you get your top performing pieces, and then I want you to think of them like let's call it four. Let's say you have four marketing strategies, and they're like gears. And so each gear is a marketing strategy, and they are all meshing with each other. So when you turn one, it turns all of them. You turn another, it turns all of them. Right. The key, the key to this is making sure of two things. One, that your marketing efforts are systemized so that you know, when you're turning the gear, it's not like this massive crank. It doesn't kill you. It's simple. It's systemized. It's systematized. It's three steps. It's four steps. It's automated, whatever. 
So it's a little bit of effort, but it spins your whole marketing machine. So that's one thing, making sure they're systematized and also making sure that they work together. So a very simple example is that when you send out content to your list, it's also going on your blog. You want your efforts to be doing more than one job at all times. Yeah. Yeah, that would be an example we here at the Business Creators Institute call organic multipurposing. There we go. Right. Uh, Much better term. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is all this is all great. This is all great stuff. And uh, and and again, uh, you know, what you know, came to mind for me something that resonated with me um, as I was hearing what you were just saying is. You know, there are a lot of activities you can be doing in your marketing. And you know, I mentioned earlier that you may get emails from three different gurus with three different approaches, and they've all had success with it, and they're all good approaches. So you can't, you know, knock any of them, but you have to decide which one is best for your business. Uh, there's that. And uh, there may be some activities out there that just aren't going to work for you. You know um, how much, uh, you know how much pressure I've gotten over the years to start doing those types of videos where you walk around holding your phone up to your face while you're walking around and just blabbering <laughs> out loud. Um, I have yeah. actually given so far three people authorization to murder me, as in publicly in cold blood, just shoot me dead, if they ever see me in a video like that. Because I personally, I, it makes me, I mean, I already have a face for radio and it just makes me look hideous, uh, fact big gold. <laughs> And I just personally find it undignified. If I'm going to go on video, you better believe there's a studio set up around me or I'm not doing it. Or I'm on stage mm -hmm. and there's a camera trained on me while I'm presenting in front of a group of people. That's the only way I'm getting on video. Now, there are others out there who are making a killing doing the thing where they hold the phone up to their face and walk around and talk right into the camera. And you know what I say? I say more power to them because it's working for them. There may be things that I do. There may be things that I do that they would rather be shot than do. So yes. it's all just a matter of finding what is within your integrity. Another thing is, another thing is um, I go to a lot more conferences and a lot more events than you would ever guess that I went to by looking at my Facebook feed. The reason being is when people attempt to tag me in pictures, I screen it first and I reject most of them mm -hmm. because I don't want to be in unposed photos. That's, that's another decision that I make. I know people out there who have built very successful businesses uh, and are internationally renowned as thought leaders, and nobody knows what they look like because there is no photo of them. Mm -hmm. Folks, it is possible. Yeah. Because this person really, this one I'm thinking of in particular, uh, just really does not want her photo taken at all. I have a picture of her eyes, and that's as far as we've ever gotten. In fact, in fact, there's money being offered for anybody who can come up with a legitimate photo of her. This one I'm thinking of in particular. So yeah, you can mm -hmm. do you can do things that are completely counterintuitive. Another thing is I don't carry business cards because if I look at it this way, if uh, there's going to be an actual relationship taking place. Uh, it's not going to happen because I gave you my business card and then you followed up on me. You know how many business cards I've given out and then somebody heard and I heard back and they say, hey, I have your business card right here. Mm -hmm. None. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if the relationship is happening with, you know, with social media and our smartphones and our ability to add each other as Facebook friends or LinkedIn contacts or follow each other on Twitter or circle around each other on Google Plus or Instagram or Pinterest or, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. If there's a relationship happening, you can do it right there on your phone. You don't need a piece of paper. Absolutely. And 
I think what what you're talking about is really embracing that the confidence to do things your way. Um, and I think one of the things that happens is we we hear these gurus, even you, we hear you. You know, there are people right now who are like, oh, I'm tossing out my business cards, and that's not. I don't believe that's what you're saying. No. You're saying this is what works for you. That's you have determined saying. and decided yes. what works for you. I love my business cards. I love handing them out. I tend to go to um, a particular, I'm very involved with um, National Association of Women Business Owners, and they are just my ideal clients. They're fantastic. And I have a message that is that speaks directly to them on my card. It's the kind of thing they keep and they do keep. And so that does work for me. Um, the trick with you know deciding these things is coming up with that personalized plan, really having confidence in it and and you know adopting the strategies that you see, like I said before, adopting the strategies that you see are working out there, but keeping who you are, making sure you're really thinking through where is my audience, who are they, how do they respond, where do they hang out, what has worked in the past, and that really, if I boil it down to everything is go back to what is working before you invest in other programs, before you make decisions on business cards or no business cards. Look at what is working in your business. I cannot tell you the number of times I've worked with people. And and I work with small businesses. I work with bigger businesses. And it is absolutely fascinating. I actually um, worked with a client once. I don't remember. She was in like restoration, damage type of industry, insurance or something. She was a marketing uh, coordinator for her company. I had her do this quick um, exercise that I just gave you, and she got on the phone with me, and she was just absolutely flabbergasted because she was about to completely revamp their marketing. And it turns out that they already, by just doing that exercise, she identified that eighty percent of their business came from something they were already doing. Right. They just needed to leverage it. I mean, this is not. This is not a small thing. And I used to think because you know I'm a solo entrepreneur with team, but, you know, I'm still pretty much on my own. I thought, oh, this only really applies to small businesses. Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is an exercise I do probably about every two months, and I have my clients do it too because things change, and you have to keep your eye on the ball. We don't have time to waste. Right. If something's working, if it's underperforming and something starts to perform better, you better know and shift. Yeah, and, and this really goes back to uh... – really the first question I asked you, which is about how to identify the best marketing strategies for your business and how you can stop Mm -hmm. wasting time on complicated schemes. So a lot of times it's what you have right in front of you. So uh, Mary, here's a related topic. Uh, Have you ever hired somebody to build your website? Yeah. Okay. Now did, uh, did it, and and let's, let's say you've done it many times, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Has it always gotten done on time? <laughs> oh, uh, no. <laughs> no. Right. Okay. Uh, so, have you ever been in a situation where everybody, when you first started the project, swore that it would be done in four weeks, and then, like, six months later, you're still wondering why the site isn't live and, you know, whether you're going to die before you see your website? Did that ever happen to you? Yes. Dabbing somebody you know? <laughs> yeah, also. Well, what, what was the holdup? Um, usually, it was. A variety of things: content from me, content from other people, images. It was just pulling the whole content. the whole picture together. Content, content. Yes. yes. 
yes, this is the problem. It's content. Uh, the conversation usually goes someone like something like this. You have the frustrated client that goes to their designer and says, you know, you told me five weeks ago this would be live, and I don't have a website yet. What the f*** is going on here? Why don't I have a website? And the designer who's ready to fire the client, it would actually be worth it to them to give the money back at this point, says, okay, well, when am I going to get that content that you were going to give me five months ago? And then they all go away and sulk, and then a month later they have the same conversation. Now, how is that getting a website up? So what happens is, and we discovered happening, is in many cases, our cli- you know, the client in that situation, when they, you know, when they calm down, they thought about a rationing, they're saying, I don't know what to write. I don't know what this content is. And are they mm-hmm. sure they didn't say they'd do their content for me? Because, you know, when I used to own a web development <laughs> firm, they all swore that I would write their content too. But uh, all the agreements had a bullet point that said all, client, all content must be provided by client. Um, and, then they, and then finally the day would come, and they got all their client obligations done, and they cleaned their house top to bottom and detailed their car and groomed their cats and everything else. So, you know, they've done every form of procrastination possible. And they're finally sitting in front of that Word document saying, today I'm going to write my content. And they're staring at the Word document saying, think, think. They can't do it. They don't want to hire a copywriter because that's just going to be even longer it's going to take. And how much more is it going to cost for a copywriter? And are they going to have even have time to fill out the 25-page questionnaire that any good copywriter is going to have you fill out before they'll even mm-hmm. turn on their computer on your behalf? Uh, so it comes down to, well, how the heck do I get this done? And we had this problem with, uh, you know, when I owned the web development firm, we went through this circle many times. And listening to this frustration opened up a great business opportunity for me that we're still using doing in the business creators institute even though we've shifted to um an ongoing coaching and consulting model with our clients this is one a la carte service we still offer and it's called the draw the map for you website content coaching module because we had one of these with one of these clients of ours right and he swore that i said i was going to write his copy for him even when i showed him the agreement and the bullet point that he you know something that he signed that said all content to be provided by client he said, well, okay, well, how much more do I have to, how much more do I have to pay you to get this done? And I quoted him a really high number. And he said, no. And then, and then he asked, so how much would it be for you to take time and show me how to do it? And I said, $2,000. Uh, want it scheduled for tomorrow? And that's how we developed our uh, Draw the Map for You content coaching module, which has helped at uh, latest counts over 30 websites get off the ground that have been stalled. Because there was an opportunity right in front of me, and I saw it. And and the content coaching module is one of the easiest things I can possibly deliver because mostly what I do is I sit there on the telephone with you, and this is where and this is where having a trusted coach and a counselor on your side and in your corner moves you forward is. And I've never been proven wrong in this. In fact, I've always been proven right. You know all that content you say you don't have, you have no idea how to create it? You already have 85 to 90% of it. You just need somebody to suck it out of you. Yep. If, if, if solving that entire problem within three business days so you can 
finally get that copy to your designer so you can stop asking and they can give you a beautiful site that goes live and everybody can finally be happy um, after months and months of frustration, uh, isn't that worth it? Yeah, that's huge. Think about that. Think about that. So that would be an example for all of our listeners of looking at some marketing strategies. And maybe there's something, I mean, if you look at that thing that seems to keep tripping you up, where it seems like you're generating less leads and less income by doing more, is there, is there a com- – yeah, to take, your, to take your title and flip it on its converse, is, is there a common thread there? And that was the common thread is all these projects kept getting held up over content. So we solved the content problem. That, and, that, and that's what's so inspiring to me, Mary, about your message and what I want all of our listeners to get through it as well. And you hear the excitement when I tell people about the content coaching module because I just love it. It's one of my favorite mm-hmm. things to do in business and life. And when you look at these types of things, this is a classic example of how doing less Marketing can give you more results faster because I didn't have to go to market to find those clients that needed content coaching. I already had those clients. <laughs> In fact, yeah. a lot of them thought they already paid for it. So, I, I mean, and, and, and I say that, and I, and I may sound blunt when I say that, but um, that, that, that just goes to show it's something out there that is so taken for granted that people expect that they're going to pay for anyway. Mm-hmm. Why are you not helping people get their results? I mean, I didn't have to go do any extra marketing to create that revenue stream. None. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, it really speaks to looking at what is right in front of you. I mean, you're talking about a, um, you know, a, like a service that is right there that you can market to that's, you know, that's sitting right in front of you. And I really see the parallel with the the marketing strategies that people have right in front of them and the audience they have right in front of them. What is it that it goes more to pricing and packaging and, you know, what you are marketing more than the marketing activity itself. But yeah, it's all about what's working. How can you leverage it? How can you get, take these people further to give them what they want Instead of how can I go create something um, totally new? I mean, I work with some some of my clients are they they are graphic design, web design um, firms, and they're talking about like adding all these other services underneath that are very ancillary. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I'm like, ah, oh, it just it takes away from your brilliance. But if you can dig deeper into your brilliance, and what makes what lights you up is this what obviously does the content piece. Then that's where it, that's where you want to go. Yes, yes. Now, and on the yes. converse, if we wanted to spend one more minute on the web design thing, because I have one more question I want to ask you before our mm-hmm. time's up here, is um, I uh, you know have had a lot of clients or joint venture partners or just friends in business who have come up with these coaching and consulting modules uh, or these mastermind programs where they say, oh, and we'll build your website for you too. Now, mm-hmm. I only know one who has ever done that model successfully. Only one. Mm-hmm. And that would be Jim Palmer in his Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. He's the only one I know personally who's ever delivered that successfully. Um, delivered a great website as part of an existing program. A lot of and that's and that's because and I and, and this is beyond the scope of our conversation, he's been very smart and very methodical about how he leverages his business to make that possible. Um fortunately, mm-hmm. 
you saw a lot of uh, you saw a lot of programs out there that said, oh, we'll build a website for you too. And their thinking didn't get any further than we'll find somebody in India to do it for a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what happened? They got hold. They ended up holding the bag on a lot of websites because they couldn't find anybody to do them, or their designers just bailed out on them, and they actually ended up losing money on their launches and their programs just because of all the extra money they had to pay to fulfill uh, a promise that was not even central to the original value proposition. That would be an example of creating less leads and income by doing more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you got to stick within, you got to really stay within your brilliance. You got to stay right. in and and deliver with excellence because I know that if you don't tie together um, all the pieces, like if you're going to premise something that's a, you know, a little outside of your expertise, like, okay, I'm a coach and I'm going to give you a website too, you better know how it all meshes together. You better really understand you've got to be working with experts, charge a premium, and get it done right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, one of the things I was supposed to ask you is how to significantly reduce or even eliminate resistance, waste of time, and learning curves in your marketing efforts. But I think we've already covered a lot of that. And if you're listening to this live, go back and subscribe to iTunes and listen to it again. Uh, But what I want to get into right now is, in the few minutes we have left here, is just tell us about the costs of making marketing mistakes and how to avoid them. Because I think that really comes down to how we create more by doing less. Okay, well, first of all, I want to make sure I realize I didn't let you know how to get your hands on. I've got an action guide that, like, takes you through an entire process starting where we started. Okay. And taking you all the way through. So I want to make sure to give that site if that's okay right now. Well, yeah, we, well, I was going to do it in five minutes. We can do it now. That's oh, okay. fine. <laughs> no, no, do it, no, do it now. Felt, do it now because we're on it. Okay. Okay, great. So you go to my website, marykravitz.com uh-huh. forward slash marketing. Right. Very simple. MaryCravitz.com forward slash marketing. My last name is spelled C-R-A-V-E-T-S, marketing. And that will give you access to the action guide, walk you through this whole process. So by going in the wrong direction with marketing, the costs are, they're many and varied. And, you know, what I found the cost was, of course, was pretty much my health and sanity, my motivation. I mean, this literally... Um, without the focus, without being clear about what it is that needs to happen, what's working, what can be leveraged, it can take you out of the entrepreneurial game completely. Right. Um, whether it's by discouragement, uh, you know, am I really cut out for this? You know, all those thoughts that plague entrepreneurs, or to actual physically becoming ill. And I've seen it happen time after time after time. And it is not worth it to work yourself into the ground and not make clarifying decisions, not evaluating, um, it's not worth it because at the end of the, your career, you know, on the deathbed, well, it's going to be a lot sooner than you thought, for one, and you're not going to be super happy with your results either. You know, on the other hand, it is going to cost you a lot of time um, by scattering your efforts, by going in 20 different directions instead of really performing with excellence and leverage um, to get the results out of the things that are working best, it's just going to take you a lot longer to get you where you want to go. And you're going to be more tired when you get there. Right. Um, and then, you know, there's there's hard costs. Of course, if it takes you longer, that's the distance between you and your paychecks too. Uh-huh. So you're talking about, I look at the people I work with, and usually they have been stuck for a couple of years. 
and we get them results within six months that they've been looking for for several years. Wow. And things really start to move and shake. And here's the thing is that, you know, I work with a lot of people who are starting with, they start in a variety of places. Some of them start from what feels like a dead stop. It's not, but it feels like a dead stop to them. And this is, and then other people are, are really moving and shaking. And when you are looking to put together a plan like I do, which is consistent, it's concise, it isn't, okay, I'm going to work like hell for 90 days and then I'm going to take over the world. Right. You know, and I, that, that isn't sustainable. It's not, I mean, some people, if that's your rhythm, you want to work that way, fantastic. Um, it's not the way I want to work. And a lot of my clients don't want to either. What we do is we put together a sustainable plan. You're going to see real results in 30, day, in 30 days. You're going to see real results in three months. And in six months, it's going to be something that is just kicking and bringing you consistent results. And you're yeah. going to have a way of working that not only is sustainable for you, but also now you can start to because you have clients <laughs> and maybe you don't have time for your marketing anymore. There, it's going to be systemized so it gets handed to someone else so you can continue, continue to evolve your business and grow your business. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, when I um, when uh, you know, I realized I made the changes. Cause I, I alluded earlier in this call to where I was, uh, you know, I was doing so much that involved uh, getting less leads and income by doing more. Story of my life. And I came to a point uh, in December of 2015 where I looked at everything I'm doing. I say, you know what? If this goes on one more week, I'm just going to pull the plug on my business. It's just, this, this, mm-hmm. this, this isn't worth it. And uh, and that was a classic case of the breakdown before the breakthrough. And when and wouldn't you know it that uh, you know two months later we did the official opening of the Business Creators Institute with our titanium and our platinum coaching consulting modules, right? And um, mm-hmm. the clients that we were looking for to fill the spaces we had available started finding us. Mm-hmm. I barely did anything marketing at all. And I had an amazing client just show up on my doorstep one day. It was perfect. Yeah. So, uh, but, but, but in that meantime, where once I came to that point, and I said the old business model has to go. I realized that to properly tie up loose ends, it was going to take me about two months, right? So during yeah. those two months and during the time it took us to get the Business Creators Institute going, the answer to every opportunity was no. didn't matter what it was. Mm-hmm. It, w- it, wouldn't, it wouldn't matter if, uh, say, Donald Trump called me personally and said he was tired of running for president and wanted to know if I just wanted to take over the thing for him. I, I wouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, being handed the frontrunner position in a presidential race, I would have said no to because it was that important to me to close out my previous obligations with with mm-hmm. integrity and to stay focused on what I really wanted in business and life and how I can best serve from an overflowing cup. Yes, absolutely. And you really point out, how are we doing on time? I don't want to go into a big... <laughs> oh, we have a, oh, we have about 30 seconds left. We're actually at the end. So, uh, okay, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, what I do want to remind people is that uh, go to marykravitz.com forward slash marketing. Um, Secret, guys. I've already checked it out. She gave me the link in the green room. It's awesome stuff. Go there. MaryKravitz.com forward slash marketing. And to you, Mary Kravitz, I want to thank you so much for joining us here in the Business Creators Radio Show today. It's been an honor, and it's been an education. It's been my pleasure, Adam. Thanks so much for having me on. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please be sure to check out our previous and our upcoming episodes 
at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes. We help you win 